Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. What's up, everybody? It's Friday, July 14th, 2023. Episode number 231 is right here. Let's talk about last weekend, Middletown, New York, the Orange County Fair Speedway. The slickest track I think that anybody has ever been on is what they were saying. Friday night, there was a race. I don't have a lot of the results from Friday night, but Evan Renshaw, I do know, broke his collarbone. I talked to him the day of the national, and he said that uh, he jumped a start, had to go to the back row, and then two guys got together right in front of him, went down, he went up and over the handlebars, and uh, broke his collarbone. He said he's going to have to have surgery and then hopes to make a full recovery. So that was the big news from Friday night. They had a rain delay. Didn't take a whole lot of time, but they did have a rain delay and got back going again. But I don't have any other results from Friday. They said it was just a very tricky track. They said there's about six different kinds of dirt down there, and it was hard to get a hold of all of them. Some some places were slick, then it was tacky, then it was dry and dry slick. So just a very tricky track all in all. Let's talk about the round number 12 of the Progressive American Flat Track Series. Start with the Parts Limited AFT Singles. Cody Kopp was your fast qualifier. I didn't think he was going to win if you listened to last week's episode. I actually picked Chase Sadoff, but Cody Kopp was fast, and he was fast from the get-go. He comes out of the box, and he is your Pronto Parts Plus Pole Award, or fast qualifier, which puts him on the pole of heat race number one. And then in heat race number one, he goes out there and wins heat number one. Bruner was second, Zabala third, a good good run for Zabala. He actually led a couple of laps. Roos Evans, a, a solid fourth. Santero is fifth. And Dalton Gautier gets the last transfer spot with a sixth place finish in heat race number one. Heat race number two, Tom Drain continues to impress. No tracks like these down there in Australia, and he just finds a way to get to the front. After Tom Drain, it was Trent Lowe. Chase Sadoff was third. Fourth is Maxwell, Shana Texter-Bauman was fifth, and Jared Lowe gets that last transfer spot on heat race number two. In the last chance qualifier, it was Hunter Bauer, that's Zabala's teammate, would finish up with the win. Petten second, Coast was third, Jordan Jean fourth, Logan Eisenhard, and Declan Bender. Those two are battling for that uh, rookie of the year, and they both make it in on that last chance qualifier. In the Al Lambs, Dallas Honda Dash, it was Cody Kopp, Tom Drain, Trent Lowe, and Trevor Bruner. And again, Cop just started to show his dominance right off the bat. In the main event, Chase Sadoff got out front. Tom Drain was up there for a while. Cody Cop was a little bit back and had to work his way through. He got to the lead with just a few laps to go, and that would be all she wrote. I don't think Chase was expecting anybody to catch him. So Chase Sadoff scores about his 17th second place finish of the season. It just seems like every race we go to, except for Lima where he had a mechanical, Chase is up there, so real soon he's going to get his first win. Tom Drain was third. Trent Lowe was fourth. Aiden Roosevens was fifth, and that's his first top five of the season. Sixth was Trevor Bruner. Gautier was seventh. Terrence Santero was eighth, and that's his first uh, top ten of the season. Hunter Bowers ninth, and Travis Petten rounds out the top ten. Jared Lowe, Shannon Texter-Bauman, Zabala, Jordan Jean, and Mishler all the way back in 15th. So Mishler just could not get a hold of the racetrack all night long. Looking at the lap leaderboard, Cody Kopp led six laps. Chase Sadoff led 12 laps. Tom Drain led early and, and led two laps. Cody Kopp is now tied with Dallas Daniels and Dalton Gautier, second on the all-time list for AFT singles wins with 13. Shannon Texter-Bauman has 19, so six more with six races to go. I don't think that uh, Cody can get up there and tie the record. I don't think that's in his game plan. I think he might have to wait another year or two. Get up there and tie Shannon Texter-Bauman's record. 
Looking at the points, Cody Cop is now 47 points. That is almost two full races ahead of Chase Sadoff, who's now in second. Trevor Bruner is third. Tom Drain is fourth. And Trent Lowe is fifth. Uh, one note that kind of shocked me was uh, James Ott didn't make the main event. Mishler had to use the provisional. Mishler was higher up in the point standings than Ott, so that's why he wasn't able to use that provisional. And one other note in the AFT singles class, only eight riders have made it in all 12 main events so far. So it's a tough, tough class. And the Elite Eight, now eight of them, have made it into every main event out of the 12. So two-thirds of the way through, through the season, and we got eight of them up there that have made every race. Mission Super Twins. I didn't really expect this one coming, but Johnny Lewis on the Royal Infield, the Moto Anatomy Royal Infield, number 10, was was fast. I mean, just from the get-go, uh, he actually raced there when he was a kid. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, if he likes the slick tracks, uh, but the Royal Infield was dialed in. And I, I mentioned this, I think, on air, and, and maybe because it's a smaller displacement, a smaller motor, maybe he didn't have quite the wheel spin that the Yamaha and the KTM and even the Indian had so maybe he was just getting traction to the ground where the other people were struggling to get traction but anyway uh, Johnny Lewis was just on fire he actually went out there and set fast time uh, Kristen Beat's secret I didn't want to share last week on the podcast was actually about Jared Meese so Jared told Kristen in a text message actually while we were on a conference call last week that at this racetrack in Middletown New York is the first time that Pat Maroney actually saw Jared race and started talking to him and started, you know, getting on Pat Maroney's radar. And Pat Maroney had Maroney's Harley Davidson. They had that, you know, the teal, teal blue and hot pink, you know, leathers. And they had that, the beautiful paint jobs on all their bikes. But just thinking back, you know, this is where you know, one of Jared's early rides came from was this actual racetrack. So I didn't want to share that uh, because that was Kristen's note. It's kind of cool to hear some of the backstories of, you know, where you got spotted or who, you know, where you got sponsored or where you got picked up for a sponsorship. So that was the big secret I had last week. Uh, back to Saturday night, Johnny Lewis went on to become the fast qualifier and then he held on to win heat race number one, which I thought was really impressive, you know, with all the fast guys chasing him. The heat race winner just ahead of Henry Wiles, who was fastest in, in practice number two. Robinson was third. Fisher was fourth. J.D. Beach was fifth. And Billy Ross gets the last transfer out of heat race number one. Heat race number two, Dallas Daniels took the win. Jared Meese was second. Briar Bauman was third. So that one's stacked right there. Those are three guys that usually finish on the podium. First, second, and third in the second heat race. Carlisle was fourth. Ryan Wells was fifth. And the part-timer, Dan the Man, Dan Bromley, was sixth. In the last chance qualifier, Jeffrey Lowry continuing to impress. He can put together some really good qualifying laps. Well, he actually put together a really good last chance qualifier and makes it into the main. Ben Lau is uh, finishing second. Bronson Bauman, Jordan Harris, Cameron Smith, and Jared Vandekoy gets the very last transfer spot into the main event. In your mission, Too Fast, Too Tasty challenge, it was Johnny Lewis again. Grabbed a hole shot and held off some hard chargers. Jared Meese, Dallas Daniels, and Henry Wiles. And man... Was it going to be Johnny Lewis's night? I mean, he won one national way back at the Daytona Short Track a long time ago. He's been looking for a second one for a long time. Could it be his night? In the main event, how about Jared Meese dominating? He grabbed the whole shot. Uh, just did do. He did nothing wrong. He held his line. He wasn't, you know, intimidated by anybody. 
and that's just Jared Meese. And of course, it definitely helps to have Kenny Tolbert in his back pocket, you know, setting up the bike. Uh, and Jimmy Wood, Owen suspension. I mean, there's so many factors on that team, but he was just dialed in from the get-go. He dominates the race. Briar Bauman was second. Dallas Daniels, another third. He's not finished off the podium yet. That's 12 races this season so far. 12 in a row, he's been first, second, or third. Robinson was fourth. J.D. Beach you know, somehow salvages a fifth-place finish. That's a good finish for J.D. Six was Billy Ross. How about an impressive ride for this youngster? You know, he's a three-digit number still. Uh, his first full season in Super Twins, and he started way back there in 12th. So Billy Ross found something in the main. Comes from 12th up to 6th, and that's his career best finish. And another impressive ride was the rider that finished 7th. Actually, he was running 6th until the very end. Jared Vanicoy started 18th. Gets all the way up to 6th, but ends up with a 7th. So whatever they did, whatever changes they made, Give credit to the team. Give credit to Jared Vandekoy for not giving up and charging from the back to a seventh place finish. I think, you know, passing 11 guys on a very slippery, very technical track was pretty impressive. Eighth goes to Davis Fisher. Ninth was Henry Wiles. And 10th was Bronson Bauman. Colby Carlisle was 11th. Johnny Lewis was 12th. And Johnny said that they just, uh, you know, just maybe missed it a little bit and maybe had a little bit of issues with the bike, you know. Uh, they rode it hard. You know, I'm not saying that they did anything wrong, but uh, just just missed it by just a little bit in that main event. Ends up 12th, Bromley 13th, Ben Lau 14th, and Jordan Harris 15th, Cameron Smith 16th, Jeffrey Lowry 17th, Garrett Wilson 18th with that provisional. And that leaves Ryan Wells for a 19th place finish after his crash. And I texted him earlier in the week, and he said that was the first time he's ever crashed on a big twin. And he said that twin did everything but, uh, you know, go into the fence with him. He said it was hard to get away from the bike, and it was a handful just trying to hang on to it. Um, when they showed him getting up, I was worried about his ankle, but he said ankle was x-rayed. It was swollen up really big, and it was purple right away, but he's a little bit more concerned in the knee, but he should be good to go. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend we go to Bridgeport in New Jersey, which is the next AFT race. Jared Meese led all 23 laps. Breyer had the fastest lap of the main event with a 27.446. Jared Meese now has the most half-mile wins in American flat track history with 36. He also has 70 career victories. 70 Grand National victories is incredible. Kenny Tolbert even more because he was with Chris Carr, and he's also got credit for Willie McCoy, but Kenny Tolbert has 131, and Craig Rogers has 75 Grand National victories to his career, so... The numbers just keep adding up, and that is a whole lot of victories for Jared Meese. And with six races to go, you never know. I mentioned it was the slickest track that these guys said they've ever ridden on. During the race, my stepmom actually put it best. She said, it's like racing on ice with no studded tires. So they're just out there spinning, trying to get hooked up. And I, I, I'm right there with her. That was a great analogy uh, so hard to get hooked up on a racetrack. You could see them. They were sliding the front end, sliding the rear end. The rear end would start coming around, and they just had their hands full. Um, I was told when I went through the pits early on in the day that they were going to start off about three teeth slower so than the week before, than West Virginia. So add three teeth on the rear sprocket. Basically, it's that much slower, and most of it because it was flat, and looking at the times, you know, the best lap of the main event for the Super Twins is a 27.446. You know, they're, it's quite a bit slower than Mineral Wells. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if they actually added more teeth than just, you know, three teeth as the night went on because the track did get slower. I thought it was going to get faster. Uh, during our hour break, I actually hopped on my Super 73 bicycle and I went in the racetrack outside of turn number one. Steve Moorhead was in there inside turn number two. I parked my bicycle, got off of it, and went out there. And I, right there at the groove and right below the groove, it was shiny. So I thought it was going to be slippery. Well, I went out there with Moorhead, and I could put my foot down, and it sounded just like I was on a basketball court. So it was, it was shiny and tacky at that moment. But then after the sun went down, they put more moisture on the racetrack. It just got slicker. So it's just a, a fine line of you know moisture the dirt combination and all the all the above you know just trying to trying to come up with a good racetrack um i do hope we go back there there was a lot of fans the midway was packed the grandstands were pretty full so evidently you know we waited 35 years hopefully we don't have to wait 35 years to go back there so it was a lot of fun it was a tough night for some people uh but a good night a good night of racing and a lot of fans got to see some good racing also at the middletown New York racetrack. There was the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series, and Sean Bear again takes the win on that uh, that side by side BMW. Uh, the pistons go up and down at the same time. When one's firing, the other one is not firing, and it takes a few times to go back and forth, and then the other one will start firing. So it's a very unique machine. Again, it's sound like a two stroke, and that's why I said at Lima, and they were giving me a lot of hard uh, you know a hard time when I was going through the pits. But what a unique machine! And it definitely helps. He's got that heavy rear wheel, so he had you know better traction, you know a little bit less restrictions on the rules in the hooligan class. But Bear took another win. Kevin Maloney Jr. was second. The Rocket Ron Wood was third. Ben Ludlow was fourth, and Andy Moreno, rocking the Pat Maroney Harley Davidson colors, was fifth. And speaking of Ron Wood, his daughter, which is Sydney Wood, she was my best friend, or she became my best friend at the Flat Track Grand Championships that was sponsored by Mission Foods. Uh, earlier this year, she sang the national anthem for me four days in a row, and then she would hang out in the booth with me, and she would go get me something to drink if I need anything, and and uh, she was just a, a, a really neat little girl. Well, she's nine years old, and we didn't have a national anthem singer. I found that out during our production meeting, so I went and asked her. I said, would you like to sing the national anthem, and she did the night before, too. I wasn't there, and so she did it again, and I said, all right. I said, a lot of people are going to be watching, so dress nice, so she put on one of it looked like one of the KTM shirts, you know, because her, her brother uh, races and rides a KTM. That's the Bud Man, Adam Costin. So she probably put on one of the team shirts, and uh, she did a great job singing that national anthem. So that's all I got on the uh, Orange County Fair Speedway Grand National in Middletown, New York. That was last weekend. Let's shift to this week, shift gears to this week. Tuesday night, I went to the Slinger Nationals. It was so cool. Uh, not too far from Milwaukee. I'm staying up here with my girlfriend, Michelle. So me and Michelle hopped in the car at about 3, drove up there, and uh, found a place to park and went walking. We walked up this grassy hill, and there's Ken Reamer, who has the World Championship Ice Racing Series, and him and a bunch of his friends and Michelle's friends were out there. So we hung out and, and cooked out a little bit. And then about, uh, about 4.30, we went inside, watched qualifying, Went back outside, ate some more, and uh, hung out a little while, and then went back inside. So uh, just in time for opening ceremonies, there was a support class, then a last chance qualifier, and then the support class main event, and then the big main event, which is a 200 lapper on a quarter mile high banked, I mean really high banked short track. 
11, I think 11.2 second laps. So they were hauling the mail on the racetrack and there was about six NASCAR guys there. And it was Ty Majeski who, you know, after a late caution with about five laps to go, Majeski kind of, it kind of bunched the field back up and they have the choose rule and all that stuff, just like they do in NASCAR. And Majeski got to the lead and, and hung on for the win. So he's a, a Wisconsin guy. So it's pretty cool that a Wisconsin driver could beat all the NASCAR guys. And, you know, some of the big guys, Matt Kenseth pulled off early in the main event. His car just wasn't handling. Uh, but William Byron, Chase Elliott, and and a few others were, were deep in the field, like 8th, 9th, 10th, 8th, eighth, 9th, eighth, and 11th or something like that. So it's pretty cool just to see how, you know, the the locals – step up for this race and i'm telling you what the grandstands were packed i don't know what that place holds i didn't see an empty seat i don't know if it was sold out i don't know if people were just paying you know extra to go sit in the in the pit area but that place was packed it was a lot of fun it cooled off when the sun went down we're catching you know some some cool air off the lake you know one of the great lakes is not too far from where we were at it was a lot of fun i'm glad i got to do do something fun in the middle of a week, you know, a Tuesday night, and the Slinger Nationals were the place to be. Let's shift gears one more time. Last night, Thursday night, Elkhorn, Wisconsin, at the Rib Fest, there were supposed to be four classes. And this was going to be the third time I was going to go to Elkhorn. The first time I got to do it for this guy named Ron Stir. I got to do a race uh, for the high voltage half mile. And then last year it actually rained out. And then this year again, Mother Nature came in on Wednesday night, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. Woke up Thursday, the sun was out, and the wind was out, but the awning that overhangs on the front straightaway has doesn't have any uh, place for the water to go, so it just drips onto the front straightaway, and all the loose dirt, it's a pea gravel half mile, but all the loose dirt had been brushed off the front straightaway, so it was just a big old mud bog on the front straightaway, and there was just no way to get it cleaned off and then a little bit later on Thursday night they made the call early on on Thursday afternoon but then a little bit later last night some more rain came in so I think it was a good call unfortunately there was no racing in Elkhorn Wisconsin for me on Thursday night also on Thursday night they were racing last night at the Alito half mile it's a fair race a $10,000 power elite purse and that was the one of the RPM races and as soon as I get some results on that I'll uh, talk about that a little bit next week this weekend there's a huge weekend for racing i just mentioned what was going on last night thursday night but also uh, square deals running this saturday night square deals up in new york there's double header in virginia that's mike hacker and john nickens race i'm actually wearing ellen nickens t-shirt right now and that's going on the uh, two different tracks over there in virginia and there's uh, some big money put up by turner racing mike turner uh, so there's gonna be a lot of heavy hitters over there but also, there's going to be a lot of big names will be up there at Baker's Bash, you know, another doubleheader up there in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. So right now, it's race season. Kind of got to pick and choose where you want to go. You know, whenever I was racing, we'd see what the purses are. We'd see how far away they were. And, you know, Dad and I would talk it over. And if we could get somewhere and get home for work on Monday, we'd go race whenever we could and wherever we could. So I don't really know why these guys aren't picking and choosing and, and go into more races, but uh, just seems to be the trend right now. I think Brian Smith kind of started that trend. You know, he he would seem like he'd only show up either for great big money races or just for the you know the American flat track races back then, AMA Pro races. But 
I think more and more racers are doing that. I mean, I can understand if you're in there for the championship like Jared Meese or Cody Cop, but these other guys who, you know, might need some money, you know, some of these guys that are barely making main events, I think seat time is important. You know, I think getting out there, the repetition, getting starts, rubbing elbows with people, I think it it's it's pays dividends in the long run. You know, I mean, when I first got started announcing and, you know, for probably five seasons, every Steve Nace race I went to, Jared Meese and Sammy Halbert were going at it every single race, the jammer and the slammer. You know, it made them better racers. You know, it made them more confident, more more used to being in that situation. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what's missing right now. I mean, the guys are fast, but I think the, the level of competition could be better. I think more riders need to get out there and ride more races. All right. I'll get off of my soapbox. I got to get on my soapbox every once in a while, you know, and throw out my two cents. I still have a list going of things I would like to see change before next season, but maybe I'll get into that a little bit later on after we finish this season. I don't know. Just make my notes. My, note, my notes are getting a little bit longer, but maybe I'll just get on my soapbox one more time uh, a little bit later in the season. Anyway, that's all I got. I appreciate all the love. You know, still people send me messages even from over the over the pond over in England people come up to me and, and say they appreciate the podcast and that means the world to me I do it because I love it I do it because I want to share my knowledge with you folks so smash that like button tell all your friends about the podcast and have a safe weekend and a great week and I'll talk to you next week right here on off the groove